Hi, Craig, and welcome to Sad Girls Are Hot. Today's episode is just with me, unfortunately. Um, Sarah and Anna are living their absolute best lives being abroad this summer. Um, and so if you would like to follow their journey, make sure to follow their Instagram. Links are in the description. I highly recommend it. They're sharing all of the fun things that they're doing there. Um, for me, though, <laughs> I've been I've been traveling a lot, um, but like in the States, um, I've been working a lot, lots of auditions, um, lots of teaching, lots of I can't even tell you, like just a bunch of stuff I've been doing. I've, I feel like I'm always constantly busy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So as for like the sad girls or hot hosts, we've been we've been busy. So <laughs> we apologize for like not having a lot of like episodes. We don't really have like a great upload schedule. Um, it's just I guess it's not our thing, I guess. I guess we're kind of like quirky like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah so i don't really know how this is going to work on the future or in the future but yeah we appreciate every what every single one of you guys for listening in even though we are so inconsistent and yeah um we are planning at least honestly i haven't been able to talk to the girls a lot because you know time zones and stuff and they're super busy um so I don't really know about what the future of like the upload schedule is. I know for me, I'm definitely going to try to keep doing at least solo episodes because I truly enjoy uh, making these episodes. If you can hear my cat crying in the background, I apologize. He's just going to do that. <laughs> but yeah, and I'm also I'm going to London, too, with Anna um, in September. So that's going to be a thing. I am going to be home for two weeks in august so i'm not really sure like where that's how that's going to affect upload schedule i should have everything though all of my setup so hopefully i can upload um and then i'm also like the rest of this month is basically non-existent i'm working every single day i'm working um as a camp counselor um so that's super busy um and then i'm going to mexico for family vacation for a couple days so there's that. And then July's over. So yes, but I will try. All right. I'm going to try to keep a consistent upload schedule. Also, if you're not on the Discord server, what are you doing? Join the Discord server. Um, I put a lot of questions there. Um, I allow you guys to like be super, um, what's the term? Uh, like super involved. That's the word. Super involved in sad girls are hot. Um, we do a lot of off-the-record chats where um, we invite you guys to have conversations with us. It's super fun. Um, and, yeah, so join that. The link is in our link tree. It's also, like, pretty much anywhere else our uh, social medias. Like, anywhere else you can find our social media, you could probably find our Discord server link. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if you want to just look it up, it's just Sad Girls Are Hot Podcast Discord server. So there you go. But um, here's where we get a little bit more serious. And I'm going to stop rambling about pointless things now and start talking about what this episode is about. So as many of you may know, June 24th, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And I needed a few days to process that. 
Um, and I think a lot of people did too. Um, but I knew I needed to make an episode about it. Even if just two people listen, um, I think it's really important to truly understand what this means and how we can fix it. (laughs) Um, I'm laughing through the pain. Um, and yeah, I feel like there's a lot of miscommunication around, especially in TikTok. TikTok is a great tool. I use it a lot, but it's also not a great tool. It can't be the only tool you're using. A lot of mis- uh, misinformation is on there. And I know a lot of people are speaking from that miscommunication. And so I thought, like, if I make this episode, I would rather do all the research, spend all my time. I've literally spent days doing this um, and reading and writing about all of the different things about what this is, what this means in the most unbiased way possible, right? And I feel like we need to truly understand what this means. And so I did all the research. All you need to do is just listen. You don't have to sit there and listen. I know for me, I can't just sit down. I tried. I tried recording this episode like six times already sitting down. I can't do it. I'm like standing up pacing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you could just listen to it while you're walking to work, listening to in the car, whatever. But I think it's really important to just listen to at least like half of the episode about like what Roe v. Wade is, how it came into place, and what it means for the future. I think those are like the three things that like really will help the conversations have more meaning and promote change, right? Sad girls are hot! Okay, so what is Roe v. Wade? That's a great question that you may be asking. Um, Well, it was a law put into place in 1973. So nearly 50 years ago, right? And it actually stemmed from a lawsuit that led to the Supreme Court decision in letting women or anyone else who can bear children the fundamental right to abortion, meaning the choice without government restriction. So the government can not restrict anything regarding abortion, right? And this is actually after the first trimester. So this is up to the first trimester. So the government cannot restrict anything up to the first trimester. Once the woman goes into her second trimester and wants to abort the child, that's a different story. So now that's all clear. Um, this actually took down Texas's ban as unconstitutional. Texas banned abortion. This is where the whole lawsuit started. Um, so yeah, that's a huge win. Um, but here's the context of it all. Um, at the time, so before 1973, 30 states, 30, so more than half, prohibited abortion without exception. There's no exception. Doesn't mean doesn't matter if it's medical, doesn't matter if it's threatening the woman's life, nothing without exception. Um and not to mention, right, that women just a couple years uh before 
just got the right to contraceptives, right? So before that, there really wasn't any safe sex. And this isn't even that long ago, right? Um, this was, um, they got the right to contraceptives in 1965. And this was the Griswold versus Connecticut case. So this is not even a hundred years ago that women didn't have the right to safe sex. That's just crazy. But thankfully in 1965, the Griswold versus Connecticut case um, did a, a state ban on distributing contraceptives to married couples, violated the right to marital privacy. So what that means is that if a state bans contraceptives to a married, keyword married couple, that is unconstitutional because it's, it's like avoiding marital privacy, right? So married couples now, after 1965, are allowed to have access to contraceptives. Um, but a year before Roe v. Wade happened, in 1972, I'm going to butcher this, but Eisenstrat had a decision that allowed unmarried people to also have the same rights, thank God, as married couples. So what's 1965? That's like what? Like I'm bad. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one, two, seven years. Seven years, people who weren't married didn't have the right to contraceptives. Insane. Um, but after 1972, anyone had the right to contraceptives. Um, but abortion in most places was still banned. So this is the Roe v. Wade case, right? Jane Roe, which was then formally announced later on after the case was done, uh, her name was Norma McCorvey. Um, she was in her 20s and she lived in Texas. She was unmarried unemployed and pregnant for the third time she had two other children that she gave up to adoption um and she didn't want this pregnancy she wanted an abortion but texas refused and the reasoning was because it wasn't a life-threatening procedure right um so in 1970 McCorvey, which is Jane Roe, I can um, say Roe if that's easier for you guys to understand. Roe's attorney filed a lawsuit against Henry Wade. So you may ask, who the hell is Henry Wade? Well, Henry Wade is the district attorney of where she lived in Texas, right? Um, so they took it to court, and the, the Texas District Court ruled in favor of Roe. And the case went on to the Supreme Court for Texas's ban of being illegal and unconstitutional. So in case some of you may not know this, but women are only pregnant for nine months. So she had the child, right? And she ended up giving up that child to adoption. She couldn't take care of the child, right? It's important to know, though, from this whole thing, it's a, it's a common theme throughout the trial. Um, this was about privacy more than abortion, right? They ruled, and Texas, the Texas um, court ruled this, that it was 
a privacy thing about the 14th Amendment rather than the actual right to have an abortion, meaning that she has the right to have the privacy to choose whether she has abortion rather than this is a thing of is abortion okay, is abortion not okay, right? Um, but um, the court had a 7-2 decision, so definitely the majority, in favor of Jane Roe. The decision is specifically focusing on striking down Texas's statute ban on abortion, stating that it's a woman's right to abortion and that falls under privacy, which is her 14th Amendment right. So let's dive a little bit deeper in, in the privacy context, right? So the right against undue government intrusion into fundamental personal issues and decisions, right? It's important to note that the details that in the first three months, so the first three months, the first trimester, a woman's decision to have an abortion is between her and her doctor. This is what Roe v. Wade gave, right? That in the first three months, you're allowed to have an abortion, and that decision is between the woman who is pregnant or anyone else who can have children and the doctor. So now I'm going to bring up a case that ties into the Roe v. Wade case a lot. Um, it also has been brought up in a lot of conversations about abortion, so I thought it'd be super helpful to also give you insight about that. Um, it's called the Casey case, um, and this was in 1992. So in 1992, another case about abortion came up, and this was Casey versus Planned Parenthood, right? So the ruling upheld Roe v. Wade as the due process clause of the 14th Amendment being privacy, right? This was the case that changed how the law viewed abortion, right? Roe v. Wade still allowed abortions, but it was harder to get because many states passed the heartbeat bill. So the heartbeat bill means that abortions could be banned as early as six weeks into the pregnancy. So before the person knows that they're pregnant, they could already lose their access to abortion. So this is what was under Roe v. Wade. Not in all places, only in the states that had the heartbeat bill passed, right? So it's kind of an umbrella effect of Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is passed um, everywhere in, like, it was the Supreme Court. It's federal, right? Um, so federally, we had Roe v. Wade. However, um, states could also pass the heartbeat bill, which would basically mean a ban on abortions because the woman doesn't even know that she's pregnant and if there's a heartbeat, she can't have it. So basically a tricky way of saying a ban without saying a ban. The Casey case asked for there to be no abortion restrictions. And this was granted. Um, the Roe and Casey precedents would only allow states to regulate abortion after fetal viability, which is after 24 months. So this was huge, right? Because instead of it being six weeks in some places, right, you now got up to 24 weeks to find out if you're pregnant and also figure out if you want to have the child or not, right? That's a pretty important decision and you don't really make that up in a day. 
Um, so this was huge. So now the Roe and the Casey case are kind of tied together, meaning that abortions are legal if you have a conversation with the doctor um, in the first trimester. And the states individually can't really do a ban on six weeks, right? So now that we're all caught up with that information, it got overturned, right? Nearly 50 years later, this bill got overturned. Um, The court held that, and I quote, that the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overturned, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Okay, so a lot of people are saying that all of the rights are taken away to have an abortion, right? Which is not technically true. It's just up to the states. The problem with that, though, is that it's up to the states, right? And just like what the Heart Bill beat did, it basically banned abortions without banning abortions. It, like, yeah, it banned abortions, right? But in a legal way, <laughs> like in a way that wouldn't cause federal intervention, right? So, yeah, that's that's an issue. And now you may, may be wondering why this has been in place for fifty, nearly 50 years. Why are we doing this? Well, Justice Samuel Alto wrote, and I quote, and I probably will butcher this word, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences, end quote. So basically, the majority of the Supreme Court believed that Roe v. Wade was poorly decided and the Casey versus Planned Parenthood didn't investigate the Constitution, essentially. Um, so there's that. Um, So this means, without going into extreme detail on everything and nitpicking everything, this basically means they argued that the Constitution doesn't explicitly give the right to abortions, so the states can decide that themselves. So basically, meaning that the whole reason why we were granted the right to abortion in the first trimester is because of privacy. Now they're arguing that it's not a privacy thing, Thing, I'm assuming because they're saying that the Constitution didn't say anything specifically about abortion. Correct. It didn't. But we have a right to our privacy and the child is in our body. Um, so that's our privacy. So it doesn't really make much sense, but that's what they're going with. Um, so will this impact other rights? That's really up for debate. Um, This is where I did a lot of my research, and honestly, I don't have a lot written down for it. That's because there are many different opinions. A lot of people think different things, and the Supreme Court can go in many different ways. The states can go in many different ways. It's very hard to predict. Um, If you want to know more about what people are saying and nothing really is concrete um but if you want to learn more about that um feel free to dm me or um do a quick google search but if you dm me um i have a lot of great articles that i used for this research um that i can give you and 
um, yeah, you can read up on that yourself. Um, so as of right now, 13 states have a thing called trigger laws, and this restricts access to abortion. And this will go in an effect soon because of the Supreme Court decision, right? So some may have already gone up, some maybe are, are going to go up in the future, but 13 states are already banning abortion um, due to trigger laws, right? Nine states have pre-row laws that have never been taking, taken off the books and they significantly ban or restrict abortion. So somehow nine out of the 50 states, so nearly 10% of the states somehow just didn't get checked and they have pre-Roe v. Wade laws put into place. That is very interesting. Um, so I'm assuming that they will also have a ban to abortion there, right? Um, and nearly 25 states, this is the kicker, 25 states, which is half, right? Half of the states, in case you didn't know, will ban abortion from six weeks to birth. So just like what we were talking with the heartbeat bill, it's the same thing going on right now, right? So what was happening like 40 years ago is still happening right now. So six weeks, I'm going to remind you, is before most mothers know that they are pregnant. So again, it means banning abortion. So if you hear someone saying, oh yeah, like if they're restricting or banning it if it's six weeks to pregnant or six weeks to, um, to birth, right? That means a ban. In my eyes, that means a ban. You might think differently, but unless you're taking pregnancy tests every two weeks and, or I don't know, unless like you're getting symptoms and you know right away, which is so lucky, you're not going to know. And like, you're also not going to have that decision to have an abortion ready at that time. Right. Again, this goes back to privacy. This is a big decision, right? Um, figuring out if you want to have an abortion is not an easy conversation to have. If it's with yourself, it's with your doctor, if it's with friends and family. Right. And this is essentially giving them no time to have that conversation. And this is banning abortions. This is essentially banning abortions. Um, so that's half the states, right? Um, I will say though, 16 of the states plus the wonderful DC does protect access to abortion. Thank God. So I will say though, is because I live in DC and because I also live in Connecticut, um, a lot of people have been coming up to me and saying that I shouldn't be upset because it isn't banned in the places that I live. To me, that seems extremely selfish. And that didn't even cross my mind until it was brought up to me. And to that, that's absolutely disgusting, right? Because we are all human and we all deserve the same rights, right? So that's that's my little tangent. Um, I will stop doing that right now. Um, um, I will say, though, that some states are creating safe havens 
um, in quotations, where mothers can legally cross state lines for an abortion, which is great, right? That's a great thing that many states are doing, or some states, I should correct myself, some states are doing. Uh, I think Massachusetts is also a big one that passed that. Um, but I will say, the problem is, is that if crossing state lines becomes illegal, so that falls into will this impact other rights or people that we talked about earlier and then i said you have to do your own research um because there isn't a black and white answer to that it's very gray and we won't know until something comes up or happens right um so that's just really important to recognize though um before we fully have that conversation about well we can just cross state lines first of all right um that's expensive it takes time right if you're if you're working a full-time job that's it's you can't just take a couple days off for an abortion right um and that's a lot to put on somebody like emotionally and mentally so keeping that in mind this is something that we should look out for right so this is some federal action that has been happening, right? The House of Representatives passed the Women's Health Protection Act, which is the WHPA, right? That's, that's the abbreviation for it. And this protects healthcare providers and pregnant people seeking abortions, right? But Senate Republicans have blocked this bill from coming up to vote. So basically what this means is that the House of Representatives is trying to pass or at least have the conversation about Women's Health Protection Act. And this protects healthcare providers and pregnant people seeking abortions, right? Again, privacy, 14th Amendment, right? But Senate Republicans have blocked this bill from even coming up to a conversation about it. Um, Congress could also reconsider providing Medicaid payment for abortion, right? So if you're on Medicaid, they could limit your access to payment for an abortion, even if you are in a legal state, right? Um, thankfully, though, this is very unlikely to succeed. But it is still something to think and consider. Um, also, President Joe Biden could use his executive power to instruct federal agencies to review existing regulations in order to ensure that access to an abortion can continue to be in as many places as possible. Right. So President Joe Biden does have that power. Um, as of right now, he has not used it. Um, and. I'm, I don't know. I don't know him personally. I don't know if he plans to use it, right? Um, is there good news? Not really. But if you're trying to look on the bright side, Planned Parenthood wrote on their website, they wrote, Planned Parenthood, and I quote, will continue to do everything we can to protect abortion access. They stated that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade and eliminated our federal constitutional right to abortion. 
a majority of justices ruled to throw away nearly 50 years of precedent and take away the right to control our bodies and personal health care decisions. And I quote, or and quote, rather. Um, so we do have people on our side, right? Planned Parenthood is a big company. However, guess what? It is federally funded. So there's that issue, right? Um, we have a federally funded institution saying that they support women for abortion after the federal ban to let states have the right to say if they want abortion or not, right? So it's kind of, it's kind of iffy, right? Um, but it, it's kind of good news, at least someone's on our back, right? It just, it, it's a very, it's a small and gray line, right? Um, it's not super helpful. Um, but we can do stuff about it, right? Um, this is still not enough. Planned Parenthood stating a little statement is not enough, right? Um, but here's what we can do, right? Um, there's a couple things that I wrote. Um, and if you have any more to comment, um, please DM us and we will either say it in next week's episode or the next one that we record, or, um, we will put it on our, on our social medias or in the discord or whatever, right? I, we're always open to more suggestions. But here are the five, yeah, five that I wrote down. The first is donations, right? You can always donate to the Center for Reproductive Rights, or you can donate to Planned Parenthood. Um, those were the two big ones that I found that were super helpful, um, but feel free to do your own research and find maybe some locally funded ones that you want to donate to. Um, donations always help. Um, because money is what funds America, basically. But <sighs> that's not our only thing, right? And plus, not everyone has a bunch of money to be throwing around. Um, so here's what we can also do. There's this, this organization called Project Rachel. And this is where you can find help. It's the website, and I quote, hopeafterabortion.com. I'll say it again, hopeafterabortion.com with no spaces, right? And this lets you pick your state and then provides you with resources and people to reach out to if you're looking for an abortion. Um, this is also on the Center for Reproductive Rights um, on their website as well. Um, so those are two great places to look for help. Um, so promote that to anyone who is seeking an abortion, right? That's super, super important. Um, another thing is showing up and protesting, right? Make your voice heard. I, I hear a lot of people back and forth on this one being like, instead of, of just screaming at like the air, why don't you just like do something about it? Well, there's only so much we can do about it, right? Um, in that aspect. And at one point or another, if, a, if so many people come and protest, change will happen, right? So look up where you can find um, protests that are near you. You can visit, and I quote, we won't go back map 
protestnearyou.com to find protests near you, to join, right? Um, and plus, I always really enjoy going to protests because you meet so many lovely, wonderful people. Um, so there's that option. The fourth option is quite frankly, just speaking up about it, be an activist. And I know you sad girls are hot people. You guys are activists. I know you guys are. Um, what this means is that friends, families, colleagues, neighbors, strangers, everyone you could ever talk to, tell them why abortion is essential and normalize these discussions. I know for a lot of people, this is like, basically like, this is a conversation that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, right? Because you never know where people stand. But I think we need to start being uncomfortable, right? And it's okay to disagree with somebody and it's okay to not immediately get upset with them. This is something that I need to learn as well. Um, I'm saying this to you guys and I'm saying this to me. Um, I know for, for me is that if somebody says a different view, especially about abortion, I get really upset, but because it's it's a, basically it's about me. I'm a person who can give birth, right? I'm a person that can become pregnant, so I take it personally. I think that we need to start as a as a group. We need to stop taking things so personally and acting with facts and bringing up these conversations in a way that will not start a heated argument and where you start yelling at each other because yelling at each other is not going to solve anything and it's honestly just going to make everyone even more mad at each other it's not going to help so normalizing these conversations um and not making a big deal out of them i think is a super amazing resource to do and it's it's free to do and um yeah so that's that's a great thing to do um Last but not least, what I have here is to tell Congress. Um, you can tell Congress to protect abortion access by passing the WHPA, which is the Women's Health Protection Act, right? Use your voice. Um, this protects abortion access from the state level abortion bans and restrictions, despite the Supreme Court overturning it. So this means that even if you are in a place that is banning abortions, you still have protection right? This is extremely, extremely important to, to pass. We need, we need to advocate for it. Um, so you can always find um, where you can send letters to, where you can send emails to, um, and start that conversation of passing that law. And eventually, I feel like if, if so many of us do it, um, it'll at least come up in conversation in Congress. Um, so there's this quote that I wanted to end this segment um, about Roe v. Wade um, that the Center for Reproduction Rights put on their website that I think is extremely important for us to understand. And I think it's going to also promote action. And that quote is, we must continue to act today and every day to work towards a future where every person in every state has the right to access abortion. Thank you all for listening to this segment. Um, I have one more segment for you before the end of the podcast. Um, and I appreciate you all listening and promoting change. 
Alrighty, so I thought it'd be a fun idea that we could put more audience participation in these episodes. So I asked you guys on Instagram to give me some comments and questions on some of our episodes or just like in general. Um, and so I'm going to be answering some of them here. <laughs> so at sunny underscore piz, P-I-Z, on, we got this on our Instagram um, they said, are happy girls ugly? And if they are hot, are they really happy? So I found this to be a really interesting question because it took our name or our brand, Sad Girls Are Hot, quite literally, which I guess I didn't really think about that. <laughs> um, for us, what Sad Girls Are Hot means is that no matter what emotions you are feeling, you are valid, right? That was kind of my thought process when coming up with this name um, and all of us coming up with this name, right? Um, The thing is, is that I feel like a lot of girls specifically, but this could be any gender, right? Because sad girls are hot doesn't mean really sad girls, right? It's It's not like specifically designed for girls. Um, It's just a name. It's just a title, right? Um, But I feel like a lot of times there's a stereotype about girls specifically, you know, stereotypically, I should say, um, being sad and what that means and that that's not a good thing or they're being dramatic or they're they're just a girl, so they're okay to do that. Or they're just doing girl things. There, it's it's their time of the week, or <laughs> the time of the month. I mean, right? Wow, it's the time of their month, and this is why they're upset. And you just need to ignore them. Um, and for me, I felt that that was super super invalidating for the quote unquote stereotypical girls, yes, but also for the stereotypical guys or people who go by the he him gender or whatever, right? Um, that they're not allowed to cry, right? And that it seem or it's it's it means that they're not masculine um, if they cry and, and they're, they need to man up. And to me, I think like, that's just absolutely insane. I think so many feelings are valid and every feeling is valid. And to me, sad girls are hot means that there is no stereotype here. There isn't a stereotype that all hot girls means the stereotypically hot girls, meaning like skinny or like fit or they have long hair or they have this or they have that, which is like so not true, right? Um, and that like the stereotype of sad girls and what that means. And so to me, sad girls are hot doesn't mean the literal, oh, us are or us as the hosts are sad, but we're hot. Like, <laughs> no, that not, that's not what that means. That's not ever what it, it, what its meaning was to be intended to mean. Um, its meaning is really just taking away the stereotypes, meaning that it doesn't matter whether you're sad, whether you're happy, whether you use she, her pronouns, whether you use he, him pronouns, whether you use they, them pronouns, or whether you use whatever pronouns you use, right? It doesn't matter who you are, right? You are hot. 
meaning hot like on the inside like you are a hot girl like you are you are brave you are not afraid to feel your feelings you are kind you're a kind human being you're respectful you're intuitive you're smart like i know all of you are and to me that's kind of what the meaning of the sad girls are hot podcast right meaning that we're taking away and every single stereotype for every single gender every single person the stereotypes are not welcomed here and we are just who we are and we don't have to feel sorry about it so thank you for that question um so in our discord server um i got another question from Emzo, and he asked, how do we succeed in life? Now, that's a that's an umbrella topic for sure, and that could be a whole other episode. And that, quite frankly, honestly, I am not qualified to answer. Um, I think, honestly, that is something that is very unique and personal to oneself. What does success mean for you? I know success, what success looks for me, but success could look totally different to you. Um, I know the other day I got asked um, by somebody else in the Discord server the other day um, about what I want my future to look like as an actress Um, and what is my goal. And to me, I answered, oh, my goal is to just be happy and make a, a living acting. I don't care if I'm a household name. I don't care if I make millions of dollars. I want to be content and I want to make enough money to feel happy and do the things that I want to do, but not, I don't know. I just, to me, like success doesn't mean like big movie star, especially since I'm an actress. That's, that's kind of what I feel like a lot of people think the end all be all is, is just, you need to be in a fucking Marvel movie, which to me, that's not, I want to make meaningful work. And I mentioned that and I think that's the really important thing to me. I want to be satisfied in my work and have enough money to do the things that I like and I want. And um, that doesn't mean like private jets. That just means that I can afford food. I can afford to go out with my friends if I want to go out. I can afford maybe going on a vacation here or there. I can afford treating my family. I don't really care about the fame and fortune. Um, And I never really have. I've done this career because I really enjoy acting. And I I like, I I love the whole idea of creating a story and the impact that stories can hold. So that's why I'm an actress. And I think a lot of people can't grasp that. And that's a very interesting topic to dive deeper in. But for me, that's kind of what success looks like, right? To go back to the, <laughs> to the actual question. Um, but I think, that, I think that's a very personal question that you need to sit down and answer. And I don't think that it's something that you can just think about and immediately have the answer to in 20 minutes. To me, it took me like the whole two years of me doing this semi-professionally um, to kind of figure out what I want, right? Because like as a kid, like I'm like, I want to be the next Hannah Montana, right? But as you get older and as you actually, you're actually doing the career that you want to be doing, like things change and your thoughts and your ideas and morals change about what you want in life. So Emzo, to you, I think that's a great question. 
But I think that's something that's very personal and that's something that you need to dive deeper in um, within yourself and take time with it. You don't need to have the answers right now. I don't really have the answers right now. I say I, I, I want one thing, but maybe two weeks later I do a project and I want something completely different. You know what I mean? So that was a great question. So thank you for that. Um, if you guys want to participate yourself in any of these kind of audience participation questions, comments, things, please follow our Instagram at sadgirlsarehot with two T's. And follow our Discord or join our Discord server. Um, and follow us on Twitter too. Same thing, sadgirlsarehot. Um, right. So to end the podcast... Um, I wanted to let you guys know for the actual main point of this podcast about the activism. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to know like the citation page for all of my research, DM me personally at Jamie LaPierre or DM the podcast at Sad Girls Are Hot. Um, and I will gladly give you all of that information. Um, I just think it would be really boring for me to just, like, just say an entire list of all my sources in this episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Uh, again, you can follow me on Instagram at Jamie Lapierre. And you can also find my link tree there for any other social medias that you might want to follow me on. Um, I also have a blog that I um, that is focused on mental health. Um, and that's anxious.com so i think it's anxious.com uh slash squarespace i don't think i paid for the domain on that one so <laughs> you're just gonna it's that's on my link tree if you need it um see you next episode um bye craig and bye guys <laughs>